Good morning. You may be seated. Labor Day, the unofficial end of summer. <laughs> the groans say, answer the question that I was asking without even stating it. Are you getting to this point? You get to, the, to Labor Day and you're feeling more tired. You need just a little bit more summer, a little bit more sun, a little more vacation. Yes. <laughs> and a lot more rest. I, you know, it's ironic. Here at the end of summer, when we are given a three-day vacation, Labor Day, intended for the laborers to rest. And what do we do? <laughs> we work more. Well, we have just one more thing we have to get done. And, and so there's the elusive rest. It is. And we, we want a little bit more. We're given a little bit more. And then we want even more. It's not intended to be that way. Even if we are, uh, maybe I, I've heard those that have been retired say that uh, I worked more after being retired than I did before. I was busier after. And for some, maybe they're not busy with physical things, but their minds are constantly running and racing. And that's not God's plan. He intended, he commanded us to take a day of rest I know that's a crazy thought. Anybody remember the blue laws? There actually were laws in the United States that said you cannot work on Sunday. These certain businesses had to be closed, et cetera, et cetera. And then God himself, he gives us the Sabbath for rest. But we don't. Let's look at uh, Matthew 11. Uh, you know, this sermon... I am writing to myself more than anybody else. I am maybe, I believe, the worst uh, transgressor of the need for rest than anybody. But if others can benefit from it, then I'm willing to be transparent and share my things that God is teaching me as well as the need for reform. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So maybe it's obvious that we need rest, physical rest, mental rest, spiritual rest. But maybe it's equally as obvious that we don't get it or we don't take it. So, how do we find this elusive rest? Here's scripture giving us uh, some, an invitation and a promise from Jesus. It's a, it's a strong promise and a strong invitation. But the point is, is that there's a rest that only Jesus can give. There is a rest that only Jesus can give. So let's look at verses, uh, start with verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Simple, straightforward, invitation and promise. The promise of physical rest, well, we'll look at this. So if that's God's promise to us, why is it that we are weary? Our schedules are packed. We are never stop doing, thinking, controlling, striving, worrying, and we pile on to our lives unimportant things that become urgent. And then those urgent things push out the things that are most important. The tyranny of the urgent. Why are we weary? Because we don't come to him. And we don't come to him because we are too busy. But if we did come to him, he would carry the burdens that we have. Our efforts would become his. We could release our, our control. Our worries would be all gone, given over to him. But instead, we carry the burdens. Burdens that are not even ours to carry. Things that we cannot even control, we carry as responsibilities and duties and obligations. How many of you are concerned about our country? The election, okay. Well, that's the quickest response we've had in a lot of questions. Uh, so how much control do you have over the issues that are facing our country? One vote and a lot of prayer. But then with our prayer, sometimes we try to control God so that we get what we want. Maybe it's uh, other things. Maybe there's things like burdens about family members or, or people that we are around. Uh, maybe it's neighbors. Maybe it's uh, parents or, or all manner of different things. How much control do you have over someone else's life? Pretty limited. You know, you... <laughs> We're talking to some of the uh, parents of graduates who are leaving for college. It's a quick reminder that you have very little control after this point. Tom just nods. Yeah, don't, no need to say anything further there. What about the natural disasters, medical emergencies? There's so many things that we worry about but we cannot control cannot change them, but God can. And he invites us to present our request to him and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer, it can be intense work, but ultimately we have to leave the responsibility in his hands. We cannot control the outcome. The first thing that changes in prayer is our own heart. So if we're going to find this elusive rest, how do we do that? Well, prayer is a, is a first step. God's word is an is a important first step. But maybe there's more than that. 
Maybe you could go on a walk with Jesus. And you could talk to him while you're walking. People will just think you're on your cell phone. Uh, maybe they think you're crazy. That's okay, too. How about going on a date with Jesus? Just you and him. How about taking a short vacation together? The two of you. How about taking him to school or to work? If we are going to find physical rest, it comes from having mental rest. If we don't have the mental rest, we're not going to feel able to have that physical rest. So verse 29, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Learn from me. What a novel idea. Learning from God. The question really is, are you teachable? Really? If we were to learn from God, what would he teach us about rest? Well, creation is a good place to begin. Genesis 2.2, by the seventh day, God finished the work he had been doing, and on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. His own life example, or I don't know if you really qualify God in life, but his existence, his example to us was one of rest. The Ten Commandments, his word, his instructions, his law to the people of Israel. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do no work. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it you shall do no work. Or how about uh, when God gave the manna for the Israelites? He said to them, Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil and save whatever is left and keep it until morning. There's your biblical need and, and responsibility for leftovers. You didn't, you didn't know that that was a biblical mandate, but it, it is. Sunday lunch, leftovers. No, I didn't grow up with that tradition either. <laughs> we could learn from Jesus. You know, in this text here, 11, 28, 29, 30, immediately following that in chapter 12 is Jesus teaching about the Sabbath. Here's two verses. Uh, verse 8, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And verse 12, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So lots of things that we could learn, but are we teachable? If we are to be taught, maybe the first thing we need to learn is the character of God. And Jesus describes his own character here in this text. He says, I am gentle and humble. Those two words are restful words. I love the synonyms that came up when I was looking up the word gentle, kind, tender, merciful, forgiving, sympathetic, understanding, loving, still, 
tranquil. That's a picture of who God is. Just the synonyms for the word gentle. Instead of maybe we can picture ourselves forceful, aggressive, urgent, restless, instead of peaceful, serene, calm. If we look at the problems of our lives, we will get more agitated. We will get more unrest. But if we look to the Lord and learn from Him, that's where rest is really going to come. And one of those things that we can be learning from Him is His attitude of humility. Thinking of others more than we think about ourselves, thinking about God more than we think of ourselves. What if we were so humble that we actually trusted God to do what he says he would? Watching him work things out, letting go of control, trusting him rather than instructing him. So I, I don't know if you've had a chance to get to a roller coaster this summer. I don't go on them very much by myself, but my grandkids are coming to that point where I expect they'll be saying, Grandpa, let's go on the roller coaster. Roller coasters can be exciting and thrilling. Really, it can be quite a bit of fun if you trust the roller coaster. If you don't trust it, it'll be just a terrifying hold on to the machine, like as if that's going to help. Maybe the first thing we need to learn to trust God in is rest. What, if, what would happen if we started every day with Jesus? And at the end of the day, we found out that we got more done than we expected. What would happen if we learned how to rest in him regardless of the physical activities we were doing? What if we were at peace with God in spite of the hurricane of issues that are surrounding us and swirling around us? So physical rest starts with mental rest, and mental rest comes from spiritual rest. Verses 29 and 30. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what is this rest for, what is this soul rest? Peaceful spirit, maybe calm assurance, confident expectation. You could think of some words like that. But maybe it's easier to think of soul rest from the times that we are not at peace or not at rest. Times that you have felt like God was a long ways away. Times of emptiness and darkness. Feelings of restlessness. In interesting, uh, David describes both sides of this in the same psalm. Psalm 42, he starts out with this picture. Let me read it. It says in verses 1 and 2, As the deer pants for flowing streams, 
So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. That is a picture of someone that is at rest. But then in verse 5, he describes the other side of his spirit. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. My salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. I have uh, dealt with some experiences of depression. Uh, It's not been a a reoccurring thing, but there have been a few times where it was dark and empty and I didn't know how to get out of that pit. One of those times was a spring with uh, just innumerable activities and assignments and responsibilities and getting to the end of that spring and I had nothing left and I stayed in bed for three days. A friend came and forced me to go on a walk and as we walked, he prayed and I started to hear God's word repeated and then started to be able to mumble my own prayers. And it brought that hope and that life, the energy back. Another time was after a big event when uh, many people had responded to the gospel. I wasn't able to see anything positive. I felt like a failure. And I'd given everything that I had spiritually, physically. And one of my board members uh, commanded me to stop everything. I want you to just quit everything you're doing and spend an entire day with Jesus. And the music and the word of God and the prayer and just listening to him speak to my heart brought life back, brought that love for Jesus back. I know that there are hard times that you as a congregation are facing and dealing with. I hear that maybe more personally than many. The real hardships and the pains. And so how are you going to find peace for your soul? (laughs) Jesus gives a, a strange and interesting analogy here. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So imagine for yourself this yoke. So here's, you are, I'm I'm paralleling the fact that you are a cow. (laughs) (laughs) So you are yoked together with Jesus. And he's the one that is doing the pulling. You know, the irony is that we are yoked together with so many things in our lives. We're yoked to finances. We're yoked to responsibilities and duties. We're yoked to people, some that you like, some you don't like. You don't have any choice in the matter. We're yoked to temptations and desires within, expectations that we put on other people. 
Jesus says his yoke is easy. Why? Because he's the one doing the pulling. What would happen if one of the, the next time you're dealing with these responsibilities or yokes that you carry, you would pray and say, Thank you, God, for these finances, your finances. I pray that you give me wisdom that I can be a good steward of what you have and pay the right bills at the right time. I thank you, Lord, for the jobs and the responsibilities or the studies or the opportunities you've given to me. Help me have the right attitude. And I pray that this can be done for your glory. Lord, I thank you for the people that you've brought into my life. And I pray that they would see Jesus in me, and I pray that, that your light would shine out. Maybe, maybe we know these various tasks of things. That we need to take rest. We need to have a devotion time or prayer time. We need to have those things. And then it becomes a checklist. It's one more duty on our things to do. Okay, I forgot to, and, and then it's a responsibility that I failed. And, you know, it just adds the burden, keeps piling up, and you suffocate. Jesus says his burden is light because he's the one lifting. Maybe instead of having it on a to-do list, it needs to be on an opportunity list. Something like this. I look forward to meeting you tomorrow, Jesus. What are you going to tell me? What could we do together next week? I would want to spend the time with you. Can you teach me more about yourself? What would you want me to learn today? Can you open my eyes to the miracles that you are doing around me. So, although I am, uh, I am very bad at this very topic, uh, we did take uh, three days and went up to the Boundary Waters. It's my favorite place to get away and find rest. So one of the places that we, uh, <laughs> kind of is silly irony is we, we had to drive up there one day, then we rested for one day, and then we drove back the next day. But, but even still, we get to there, and there's the sun shining through the trees, and you just marvel at the creation that God has given. Or the next picture shows a sunset paddle out on a lake, and it's peaceful and serene. Or this one was a fun picture it was a moonrise. I don't think I've ever seen a moon rise so brilliantly. And a little challenge to get the uh, exposure so that it shines just right. We need rest. It's a topic that fits with Labor Day, but maybe it's a topic that fits our lives. There's a rest that only Jesus can give. And the reason is because 
the physical rest we need comes because of his power. He is all powerful. Or the mental rest that we need comes because he is all knowing. The spiritual rest that we need is because he is everywhere present. In a few moments, we're going to be sharing in this sacrament called communion. That's a special word. Communing between us and God. And that's where rest begins. Because it's what he has done on your behalf. Jesus says to you, Come, and I will give you rest. Say yes to Jesus as you prepare your hearts and we sing this next song in preparation for that special sacrament.